February 21st. Our reading in the New Testament today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. We can come to the servant. All kinds of people came to the feet of Jesus. A well-known synagogue leader and an anonymous sick woman could find help there. Perhaps the woman's faith was a bit superstitious, but the Lord still honored it. Isn't it great news to learn to know that you don't have to get it completely right? He is merciful and gracious, our Savior and Lord. If you cannot grasp His hand, well, touch the hem of His garment. The first step of faith, no matter how weak, will lead to greater blessings. Remember, there are a thousand ways to please God, but not one without faith. We'll learn here that the servant will go with us. No situation is so desperate that Jesus cannot work. Disease, delays, and even death are under His control. Jesus goes with you to the place of disappointment and sorrow and meets your needs. No matter how depressing your situation may appear, do not be afraid, only believe. The servant, and that's with a capital S, the servant is working for you. And now, let's begin our Bible reading today, here in the New Testament. February 21st, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. When Jesus went back across to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. A leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came and fell down before him, pleading with him to heal his little daughter. She is about to die, he said in desperation. Please come and place your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and the crowd thronged behind. And there was a woman in the crowd who had had a hemorrhage for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors through the years and had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she was worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his clothing, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel that she had been healed. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, All this crowd is pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You have been healed. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from Jairus's home with the message, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus ignored their comments and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just trust me. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter and James and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, 
Jesus saw the commotion and the weeping and wailing. He went inside and spoke to the people. Why all this weeping and commotion? he asked. The child isn't dead. She is only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he told them all to go outside. Then he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Get up, little girl. And the girl, who was twelve years old, immediately stood up and walked around. Her parents were absolutely overwhelmed. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone what had happened, and he told them to give her something to eat. Psalm chapter 38, verses 1 through 22. This is the third of what we call the penitential psalms, and it reveals what happens to you when you sin. We'll learn about what God does. See, God loves you too much to allow you to sin and get away with it. If you disobey, He will first rebuke you and then chasten you. He will shoot His arrows from a distance, or come closer and put His hand on you. But He will let you know that He is displeased. What sin does? We'll learn about that. David suffered from sickness because of his sins. He carried a heavy burden and was crushed under it. He sighed and panted and was ready to quit. Sin comes as a friend to entice you and then becomes a master to enslave you. Let him who has ears to hear listen and heed. What people do. Sin puts a wall between you and those who can help you, but it builds a bridge between you and those who want to exploit you and hurt you. And we'll learn about what the sinner must do. The only hope is to confess sin and cry out to God for mercy. He promises to forgive, so claim His promise. evidences that we are not drinking Jesus. Either because you're an unbeliever and you've never even tasted, or because you're a believer and something has begun to lure you to another fountain, starting to go there, or you've just blocked him out because you've got some hidden thing you want to keep doing or whatever, one of the evidences of not drinking deeply from Jesus is the instability of constantly moving from one thing to the next, seeking to fill the void. You may be going through sexual partners. You may be going through friends. You may be going through jobs. You may be going through churches. It's one after the other. You may be going through hobbies. 
internet stuff, hobbies, games. You may be going through hairstyles. You may be going through wardrobes. You may be going through cars. You may be going through locations of where you live. Because there's no deeply contented identity in Christ. Deeply contented, deeply satisfied. That's what water means. Living water is your soul is a cavern of desire. And I offer myself to you, Jesus says, as water that lives. It becomes a well. It just satisfies day after day. You get up with hungers and longings and soul achings in the morning. Come to me and you'll find stability of contented identity. And then you don't move around so much. Jump in here, jump in there, jump in here, jump in there. Crave, 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 crave. Nothing's working. Oh, don't you love people who are so deep with Jesus, they know where it's at, the water. They live by the fountain. They never go anywhere. They just live there. They're not jumping from job to job and wife to wife and girlfriend to girlfriend and job to job and car to car and hairstyle to hairstyle. They are so there. Here's the interesting thing about that. That sounds static, doesn't it? Baloney, it isn't static. Believe me, it isn't static. I don't mean that the Christian life with that kind of centered, deep, satisfied identity by the fountain, satisfied day after day, freshly with new water coming up from this friendship and this relationship. I do not mean this is static. There is a difference between confident movement of faith and craving movement of frustration. You got that? There is a difference between confident movement in faith and craving movement of frustration. Got to move because this is not working. Here, move, move, move. Or this is so working, I'm taking it. I got a plan. I'm making something in my life. I'm not wasting it. I am moving to China. I'm moving to Ukraine. I'm moving to Southeast Asia. I am on the way because I got my feet on a rock. And there's a fountain coming up out of this rock. And it goes with me everywhere. It's Jesus, not any geographical location. So don't, don't hear me say that the movement in life, you know, job to job and hairstyle to hairstyle and wife to wife and sex to sex and TV program to TV program, that the alternative is frozen. I got the fountain. You know that's not what I'm talking about. This fountain is really a moving fountain. It's like a waterfall. I've used that analogy before. Stay under it. It moves. <laughs> oh, Jesus is a mover. He's going to reach the nations. The fountain's on its way to the nations. You want to drink deepest? Go with him to the nations or the neighborhood.
Psalm 38, verses 1 through 22. Psalm of David, to bring us to the Lord's remembrance. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. Don't discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep, and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. My days are filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me, and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly, my strength fails, and I am going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps for me. They make plans to ruin me. They think up treacherous deeds all day long. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord my God. I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain. But I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. My enemies are many. They hate me, though I have done nothing against them. They repay me evil for good and oppose me because I stand for the right. Do not abandon me, Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. People with integrity have firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall.